Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of The Darius Show. If you're new around here, here's how we do things. I watch a show, I talk about that show, you listen, and you enjoy. For today's episode, we're going to be breaking down episode 5 of season 2 of Euphoria. This one is an absolute doozy, so strap in, guys. We're going to get right into it. And as well, you can check out my TikTok where I did quicker recaps and discussions of the first four episodes as well as this episode. You can go ahead and check it out at The Darius Show Pod on TikTok if you don't want to listen to the full breakdown. Of course, I suggest you listen to both because there's a lot to talk about here. Without further ado, let's roll the intro. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. This episode wastes absolutely no time as we're treated to a huge argument between Rue and her mother right off the bat. Her mother is accusing her of being on drugs and ask her where the drugs are and, you know, such questions. And at first... Rue's defense is just that she is on weed, you know, she's just getting a little high to deal with her trauma. It's better than killing herself, right? That's her major defense that she's been setting up. And she even starts to rope her sister into this, you know, blaming her. Did you rat me out? How could you? However, quickly her defense falls apart as her mom reveals that Jules actually told her and kind of ratted her out. This information hits Rue like a, like a shit, you know, a shit ton of bricks or a chuck of bricks, whatever the phrase is. And this really starts to begin her spiral as she starts grasping at straws for different ways to try to get herself out of the situation. Throughout this scene, we see Rue go from being apologetic to being angry to being sad even at times. She's displaying every emotion under the sun, trying to see which one will stick and be kind of her best option for navigating the situation. When she realizes that they actually flush the pills down the toilet, things go from bad to even worse, with now the added pressure that Rue owes some drug dealers a lot of money. There's a moment between Rue and her mom where her mom yells at her that I birthed you, I'm not afraid of you, I'm not afraid of you at all, and Rue really just stands up to her face and stares right back at her, and the level of intensity that she's delivering in this scene is just raw. I mean, I was physically cringing and having a tough time watching the scene as you see the mania go through Rue's face and she's just staring at her mom like a monster at this point. After this, her mom even tells her that she's not a good person. And at this point, I have to agree. You know, Rue is a multidimensional person and, I, you know, we, we've seen manic Rue, we've seen in love Rue, we've seen sad Rue, we've seen every part of her person. And the extremes of the extreme different lengths that her personality can reach is very shocking to see. Rue, after she said hurtful things to both her mother and her sister at this point, she finds out that Elliot and Jules have been inside the living room this entire time. So not only have they bared witness to seeing the multi dimensions that Rue has now, this is the first time that they've seen the side of Rue, especially Jules. But it adds to the level of embarrassment on her side that she just had this meltdown in front of everyone. All of her facades are breaking down and everyone's here for a major intervention. These are the closest people in her life. This leads to an explosive interaction between Jules and Rue where Rue is saying, you don't love me, you never love me, you just like the idea of being loved. And this cuts deep. I didn't realize 
you know, I felt like I felt like Jules was a bad person in some way. Like I knew that she had some kind of fatal flaw, but I wasn't sure what it was. At the time, if you listen to my last episode, you'll even hear me attribute it to being uh, unfaithful or just that she can't be monogamous. But it's so much more than that. And Rue summarizes it up perfectly in that statement. It's that she loves the idea of being loved. And that that's where she just gets caught up in everything. All of her troubles are that she gets infatuated with that specific feeling of infatuation, specifically in the way of her. I think that that's super interesting. And the way that they just clearly define it is really nice for me. I feel like that's spot on right on the money. Of course, that doesn't excuse Rue of being a complete asshole by saying this. I mean, it doesn't make Jules a terrible person that she loves to be loved. It's just the way that she brings this up and throws it in her face really hits deep and was a terrible interaction to have to see. Elliot the whole time is really just being silent and just to the sideline. I get that because he is somewhat culpable for everything, for, you know, the situation that she finds herself in right now. And so I understand why he can't really go out and speak against her necessarily. Elliot has really just been this wild card presence that has caused a lot of problems this season. He says a cryptic statement towards the end of their interaction, and he he exclaims that he liked Rue the way that she was. And I get, I have a confusing read on this situation. Is he saying that he regrets mentioning anything and thinks that she shouldn't get intervention? Is that what he's saying? Or is he just saying that he doesn't like this side of Rue? Either way, I find it confusing. I, I don't really know where the character Elliot stands or what's next for him. After having now broken down and said hurtful things to all of her loved ones, she finally agrees that she can go to a hospital. So she gets in the car with her family and starts heading that way. However, Rue finds out that they're actually not going to a hospital, they're going to rehab. This is the final nail that it takes for Rue to start freaking out again, and she actually flees the car and starts sprinting in the middle of the street. This begins Rue's day off. It's very Ferris Bueller-like how she goes all around town and gets in all these crazy situations and just barely finds herself out of a lot of them. However, it's a somber version of that. These, what she's really doing is she's making pit stops to all the loved ones in her life, all the people that she has any kind of relationship with and is burning bridges with all of them behind her. What's happening is when somebody goes through this level of addiction, when that becomes their fixation in their life, they will hurt the people around them. There is no line that they are unwilling to cross because they're acting out of fear and preservation for that addiction. Very scary to see it happen with Rue here, and the damage is notable to herself and her loved ones, really. Her first stop is going over to Lexi and Cassie's house, and when she goes there, immediately we see that all the girls are having a sleepover. I think that these girls just spend all their time together. (laughs) I mean, I like that they have such a nice little bond, But whenever we see one, the rest of them are never too far behind. Of course, that might change after this episode and after what Rue says to them. Before she drops that major bomb, however, she actually sneaks into Cassie and Lexi's mom's bathroom and she is looking for pills. We definitely know that Cassie's mom is, she's on some type of sedatives. I think that she's a bit of an addict herself. We often see shots of her drinking on the couch and just seemingly in a sedated state. I'm sure they've mentioned it somewhere in season one, but I know that she's on pills of some kind. And Rue actually doesn't end up finding the type of pills that she wants, and she ends up stealing jewelry from her counter. Again, she is on a track of just nonsense at this point. She is stealing from her best friend's parents, 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg as what we'll see happen next. When Rue comes out of the restroom, her mom is now on the scene and all the girls are just staring at her. This is intervention round two with all of her friends that she's known for a long time. She doesn't spend a lot of time with these girls nowadays, but they do have a close bond and have known each other for a long time, clearly. When they all confront her, Cassie, in a in a kind but gentle way, she tries to offer some advice, saying that you don't have to quit forever. You can take it just one day at a time. And I see where Cassie's coming from. She's trying to be helpful, and in her innocent point of view, this is a helpful statement. However, Rue, who has overdosed multiple times in the past and has been to AA and has other interventions, she's heard that phrase. And coming from Cassie especially, it means absolutely nothing. Her retaliation to the statement is to ask Cassie in front of everyone how long she's been fucking Nate Jacobs. And this is just the big bomb that just gets dropped and she just totally walks away from it. We see Maddie explode, as you would expect, and the fury and rage that Maddie has at hearing this information is satisfying to see as the tension has been building towards this reveal for the last five episodes. So seeing her finally react and totally explode on Cassie was nice to see, and I would expect nothing less. The girls start fighting, crying, everything's happening, and they all run upstairs, and that's the last place that we see that plot line for this episode. My prediction is that in the next episode, episode six, we'll see them pick up with that from the female's point of view uh, right after we le- where we left off with Rue at their house. Or at least I hope so. I want to see every nitty-gritty detail of their interactions between the two of them. Are they going to physically fight? I don't know. But again, this is just another example of how when an addict, you know, Rue being our addict in this situation, when they feel like their back is against the wall, they start lashing out against all the people in their lives that don't deserve it. I mean, I guess Cassie does deserve to have this information revealed in some way, shape, or form, but the way that Rue was willing to throw her under the bus without any regard was a little harsh to see. The next stop for Rue on her adventures is to go to Fezco's house, and this scene was hard to watch as well. I think all these scenes just get harder and harder to watch until we crescendo into the final part of this episode, which, trust me, is going to be crazy. But when she goes to Fezco's house, she he does let her in. At first, it just seems to him like she has to use the bathroom really bad or just got into a fight or something like that. And being the loyal friend that he is, of course, he lets her in and helps her. Of course, he always has one eye on Rue, and he, he knows the kind of games that she plays. And when she goes to try to take medicine from his grandmother, the one that he's been taking care of this enti- the entire series so far, that's when he catches her in the act. And that's really the final straw for him. He's like, come on, Rue, you can't do this. It's the principle. And, and really, at this point, it's clear that Rue has just been a terrible friend to Fez. This is, what, the fourth time that she's come to his house or come to him basically begging for stuff that's going to put him in a bad position and put her in a bad position. And every single time we see that Fez actually stands up to her and holds his ground and doesn't help her do stupid and terrible things to herself and him, he doesn't let her take advantage of him. However, I do think at this point, we're, we're starting to get to a point with Fez where he's going to have to drop Rue or he's going to have to stop being in her life at all. We've already seen glimpses of that where she's banging on his door for hours and he's not even going to answer, you know? But at this point, it's just time in and time out. And the fact that she would go as far as to steal from his grandmother, who's very sick, it's really it really just goes to show the state that Rue's in at this point, where she's desperate for anything 
and she'll take from anyone in her life. You know, Fez is supposed to be family to her, but the fact that she's willing to do this to him, just this is another bridge burned, you know, tough to see for sure. The next situation that Rue finds herself in is actually breaking and entering into a stranger's home. As she's just walking around the street, she feels like she has no other options and she sees a family leaving and their car pulling out of the garage. Right before it closes, she slips right in and starts to explore. There's a little bit of tension at first with a dog, a very angry dog seemingly at first. Of course, that tension is cut very early on as she starts to bond with the dog. It's a friendly one and they can vibe together. She starts going through all their items, looking for jewelry, pills, whatever she can find. And one thing I thought I noticed during this scene, and I can't tell if I'm on or not, is that it seems like this is the same person that that Maddie was babysitting for in that first episode. It could be the same. It could not. It just seems very similar. I'm not quite sure if that detail will loop back in. Maybe they blame Maddie for her friend breaking in and think that she's somehow a part of it. I know that they didn't just bring up Maddie being a babysitter for no reason, so maybe we'll start to explore her character more in depth in the, in the coming episodes and see some tension build between the two of them in that way. However, they return sooner than she th- would expected, and she actually gets caught. This was a super scary scene. I didn't think that they were going to have them just completely lay eyes on her like that. As, as the woman starts to realize that she has missing items and tells her husband to go get the gun, he looks immediately under the bed and they go face to face and Rue just starts screaming and completely runs away and actually makes it out of the situation just fine. Of course, soon after that, she ends up running into the police. Now, they're not too suspicious of her at first. However, because she's still dealing with her withdrawals, she ends up throwing up right in front of them, which is a red flag. When they go to ask her questions, she just starts running away. This is probably the stupidest thing she could have done in this situation because if you run, the police kind of have to chase you. In that situation, they just have to assume that you're doing something wrong. And it might have been in her better interest just to act like she was drunk, maybe. I don't know. But uh, she ends up running away. And this leads us into a ridiculous uh, chase sequence that I actually had a lot of fun watching. She, it's very Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's a lot of notes of this episode that feels like it. That's why I referenced it early on. And this is just another example of that. And it, it comes with some comedic beats to it as well. You know, we're going through uh, gas stations. We're going through workshops. We're going through backyards, homes, everything. And the police are chasing her all along the way. I had a lot of fun with this. The way that they shot it was really well done. And she ends up hiding in a trash can uh, overall to evade them. The police end up eventually giving up their search, and that's where she was the whole time. At this point, Rue really has been through hell and back, and she's just like a marathon runner. You know, if she is able to pull herself out of this drug situation, I think that she has a future in track if she really puts her mind to it. But now, with nowhere else left to go, no other bridges to burn, she is out of options, and she pulls up to Lori's house to kind of face the music. Of course, Rue doesn't actually have anything in the way of actual compensation to give to Lori. She just has pieces of loose jewelry that she's collected throughout her night of theft and crazy escapades. Now, this is where things really get intense. Like I said, Rue's been running around through the town all day, so she's physically exhausted. On top of the fact that she's dealing with withdrawals, which if you've ever seen or heard about what withdrawals are like, uh, this episode is not pulling its punches. If anything... 
it's just scary. It's scary to see how intense withdrawals can be and how they turn you into a shell of a person while you're going through it. It's literally going through hell, like Lori says in this episode. She starts to make Rue feel comfortable. Um, she's very understanding at first, and she's telling her how she's had similar experiences in her own past and how, of course, she has seen people go through it as well. And she knows just how extreme the experience that Rue's going through is right now. I think that Lori really reels Rue in as well as reeling as well as reeling in the audience as she is explaining her own history in a very calm and in a very just accepting way. I, like Rue, would have felt very uh, comfortable with Lori at this point. I would have trusted her like it seems like Rue's about to right now. Lori delivers a very chilling monologue where the first half of it is explaining what opioids do to you over time and how it numbs you and it, it numbs your good experiences and your bad experiences. It's a concept called cell death. Of course, this monologue makes, at first it seems like she's just trying to scare her straight or give her information as to why she should stop taking these drugs. However, the conversation takes a turn at the very end as she describes the silver lining to it as things that feel bad don't feel as bad anymore. And how that's the great thing about being a woman is that when you don't have a way to pay, there's still you still have something that people want. It's at this very moment that I, I, the audience, that we really realize the type of situation that Ruth find her, finds herself in right now. You know, while she's doing this monologue, we're consistently hearing this bird chirp in the background. And throughout this whole latter half of the episode, we're getting constant shots to the bird that's in a cage. And I do think that that's supposed to be used as a visual metaphor for the state that Rue is currently in. You know, she wants to be free. She wants to find her serendipity finally, but she only further traps herself in these situations where she has no control. What we see is Lori actually administering morphine to Rue, you know, and from Rue's point of view, she's actually helping her out, but we know that that's not the case. Rue is all too easy to take advantage of in this situation, and I believe the implication is that Lori has certainly done this in the past. She certainly has done this before. I mean, it's very clear in my opinion. The show delivers a very slow and eerie shot of Lori physically, you know, taking the syringe and administering the morphine into her veins. You know, we see Rue's blood come out, mixed with the morphine, and then all get shoved right back in. It was hard for me to watch this. I've never seen... Uh, anything, you know, any media display the process of actually taking this drug in such a graphic way. I was very physically uncomfortable watching this episode for many reasons, but especially this scene in particular. And then we cut to Rue waking up some undetermined amount of time later. I think that it's a lot of time later, maybe even days, uh, because later on when we see when Rue finally walks back into her house, we see the way that her mom is just sitting there, I think that's the point of view of a mom who feels like she lost her child. And I think that she would have only come to that conclusion if this is a full other day later that she hasn't seen her now. But as I said, as Rue's waking up, you know, she's seeing the holes in her arm and she's she just seems dazed. She doesn't quite know where she is or what's going on. And as she's quietly navigating the house, what we can see is that there's multiple men asleep in the house right now. Um, a lot of them don't have shirts on. There's one guy who's even just in his underwear and there's multiple rooms that have these locks on the door. 
at this point, the implication is clear, in my opinion. It's that this is definitely a sex trafficking situation. There might even be other individuals in this home right now, and Rue is completely trapped. One thing that's worth noting as well is the first man that we see sleeping on the couch as Rue's trying to figure out a way to unlock the doors is there's a camera in the foreground of the shot. You know, you see him in the background sleeping on the couch, but there's a webcam type camera right there in the foreground. And what this communicates to me is that while Rue was under, I think that she was raped. I think that she was videotaped. I think that basically the worst case scenario you can imagine did happen. And it's be- thankfully Rue is scrappy enough to get herself out of the window in this moment and just start sprinting home. But with all the details around this apartment, I believe that Lori did make good on her promise that she will give her to people who will do very bad things to her if she doesn't, you know, make good on her financial debts. Moving forward, I don't think that the debt that Rue has to Lori has been paid yet. I think that Lori is going to come at Rue one more time and it's going to be up to her and her friends to find some way to to pay off what's happened. Maybe after, you know, Rue deals with f- figuring out everything that happened, she will be able to assemble her girl squad to actually peddle drugs like she had planned to before. I don't know if that's going to be the solution out of this, but I have a bad feeling that it's not over between Rue and Lori. As a matter of fact, Lori specifically said, when I first saw you, I knew that you'd be in my life for a long time. That sounds like a big threat to me, guys. But yeah, that's pretty much how the episode ends. Uh, At this point, Rue has certainly hit rock bottom. Her addiction is at an all-time high, and she's lashed out at everyone who's close in her life. Hopefully, her friends will be able to see through it and be there for her because the low that she's about to experience is going to be certainly, like I said, rock bottom. Uh, She has returned to her mom, and I hope that we can find a path forward away from this in a positive direction, but if I know Euphoria, that won't necessarily be the case. I'm excited to see how this show explores these themes in the next episode and what's left to come for the rest of the season. I also think that we're about to get a lot of wreckage between Cassie, Maddie, and Nate. So I'm super excited to see how that goes as well. But yeah, that's going to be it for the conversation today. That was Euphoria Season 2, Episode 5. You can check out my last podcast for Episodes 1 through 4, Recap and Discussion. And you can also check out my TikTok, at The Darius Show, uh, if you want to see more quick breakdowns of that as well. Check it out. Give it some love. Check me out on Instagram, at The Darius Show as well. I would greatly appreciate any feedback that you guys have. That's going to be it for this episode, guys. That's The Darius Show, and I'll see you next week, and I love you.